my friend. Thanks so much for coming out. I tell you what, I'm going to let you find a nice calm station to play while we hang out here by the fire. I'm going to run back inside and get the carafe of coffee. I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Rocks, God, the world and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Friend, today's podcast is focused on verses in the Bible that talk about the fact of creation from various angles. In light of the heaviness of these days and the heaviness of some of my recent podcasts, I think it's very refreshing for us to take some time to just stop for a few moments to listen to the cry out of God for us to remember where we came from, that He is our Creator God, the universe is created and owned by Him, that His creative nature and wonders all point us back to Him who is our only real source of peace. So my plan for the next few Monday podcasts is to reflect on the verses that are found all throughout the Bible from beginning to end, that issue a call for all of us to remember the big picture. This is God's world. He made it. He sustains it. And He wants us to remember this for His glory and our well-being, for our peace of mind, soul, and spirit. Today, we'll look at the verses on creation found in the Pentateuch, which are the first five books of the Old Testament written by Moses. After the first three chapters of the book of Genesis, which all have to do with God's creation, in Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, This is the document containing the family records of Adam. On the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. When they were created, he blessed them and called them mankind. The Hebrew word translated mankind is the word Adam, which is Adam, the name of Adam. Isn't it interesting that this Bible text, which is more than 3,000 years old, speaks to the social issues of today with clarity which is derived from God's creative act and choice? Genesis chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, with the rapid corruption of the human race, it says that when the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he made man on the earth, and he was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind, whom I created, off the face of the earth, together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 4, leading up to the flood, God says, Seven days from now I will make it rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing I have made I will wipe off of the face of the earth. In Genesis chapter 9, after the flood, God blessed Noah and his sons and establishes a covenant with them that greatly resembles the covenant God had made with Adam. It's symbolic of the sense that Noah becomes the new restart of the human race through him and his progeny. God tells them to be fruitful and multiply, that all creatures are under their authority, and the prohibition against murder is derived from his creative act. In verses 5 and 6, he tells them, I will require a penalty for your lifeblood. I will require it from any animal and from any human. If someone murders a fellow human, I will require that person's life. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans his blood will be shed, for God made humans in his image. As God is preparing to send Moses to Pharaoh, in Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, it says, But Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, 
either in the past or recently or since you have been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. The Lord said to him, Who placed a mouth on humans? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. In Exodus chapter 20, God speaks the Ten Commandments to Moses. In verses 8 through 11, God says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. God's establishment of the day of rest was based on his own example he set forth in his act of creation. God repeats the prescription of the Sabbath to Moses found in Exodus chapter 20, again in Exodus chapter 31. In verses 12 through 17, he gives instructions regarding the importance of observing the Sabbath as a sign of the covenant between him and the Israelites. In verse 12, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you will know that I am the Lord who consecrates you. Observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Whoever profanes it must be put to death. If anyone does work on it, that person must be cut off from his people. Work may be done for six days, but on the seventh day there must be a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Anyone who does work on the Sabbath must be put to death. The Israelites must observe the Sabbath, celebrating it through their generations as a permanent covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the Israelites, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. In this passage, God emphasizes the significance of the Sabbath as a day of rest, holiness, and a sign of the covenant between him and the Israelites. He links the observance of the Sabbath to the creation account in Genesis, where God created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh day. The Israelites are instructed to rest on the Sabbath to remember God's creative work and his role as their sanctifier. Breaking the Sabbath was considered a serious offense, and those who did so could face severe consequences. Deuteronomy chapter 4 is a significant chapter in the book of Deuteronomy because it emphasizes the importance of obeying God's commandments. The unique relationship between the Israelites and God as creator, both transcendent and eminent, and the consequence of Israel's actions. These reminders are especially pertinent to this time in history in which we find ourselves. Starting in Exodus chapter 4 verse 32 and reading through verse 40, it says, God says, Indeed, ask about the earlier days that preceded you, from the day God created mankind on the earth and from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything like this great event happened? Or has anything like it been heard of? Has a people heard God's voice speaking from the fire as you have and lived? Or has God attempted to go and take a nation as his own out of another nation by trials, signs, wonders, and war, by a strong hand and an outstretched arm, by great terrors, as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? You were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. He let you hear his voice from heaven to instruct you. 
He showed you his great fire on earth, and you heard his words from the fire. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose their descendants after them and brought you out of Egypt by his presence and great power, to drive out before you nations greater and stronger than you, and to bring you in and give you their land as an inheritance, and is now taking place. Today recognize and keep in mind that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. Keep his statutes and commands, which I am giving you today, so that you and your children after you may prosper, and so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses gives a series of speeches and instructions to the Israelites as they stand on the brink of entering the promised land. The Song of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32 is a significant and poetic passage, poetry being the highest form of public speech in the Hebrew culture, always used in the Old Testament to denote to the people a serious proclamation. This song is meant to serve as a reminder of God's faithfulness and the consequence of disobedience. It highlights the Israelites' tendency to turn away from God and the need for repentance. Additionally, the song anticipates the future exile and return of Israel, portraying God as both a just judge and a merciful redeemer. In chapter 32, verses 5 and 6, it says, His people have acted corruptly toward him. This is their defect. They are not his children, but a devious and crooked generation. Is this how you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Isn't he your father and creator? Didn't he make you and sustain you? Every step of the way, through all of these important transition points for the nation of Israel, God is consistently ringing the bell for Israel to stay in tune with the fact that God is the creator of the universe. He can be trusted, he should be obeyed, and he can sustain us. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. <music>